Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. Are you ready to stop people pleasing? If you are sick and tired of feeling like you sabotage your own well being in order to please others, you, my friend, may have a case of toxic people pleasing. That's what today's episode is all about. And the truth is, people pleasing in itself. It's not a problem. It's just something that you do. Sometimes those actions where we are people pleasing, as we tend to call it, sometimes those actions are actually healthy. They're aligned with who we are. And sometimes they become toxic. And so in today's episode, we are going to distinguish between healthy people pleasing and toxic people pleasing so that you can understand when you're in each approach. And when it is a toxic approach, what to do to help yourself with that. And so that is what we're covering in today's episode. And for those of you who are looking to go deep into how to stop people pleasing and instead be more self-supportive so you can show up for yourself in your relationships at work from a place that is aligned with who you are, and you're not people-pleasing out of this place of toxicity to yourself. If that's something that you're interested in, then I have a new course. It just launched. It's called Drop the Need to People-Please. It is at a special low rate right now, and you'll find it on the show notes here. You can also go to beliefseed.com and you'll see a place where you can find the courses available, including the Drop the Need to People Please course. So that is there for you. And today we're going to talk about what to do if you're toxic people pleasing. And before we do that, I do want to go into our work when I am celebrating one of my clients who is an executive leader in the field of human resources, and she has just revamped her resume. It looks fantastic. And she's excited because she also just got uh, sought out for a new opportunity for a head role in a key department for a company, and it seems like it could be an incredible opportunity. So I am celebrating this client, not only for getting more in touch with what they want, not only for revamping their resume to reflect it, but also for showing up in a way that exudes what she was wanting, and that allowed this recruiter to seek her out. As we were finishing reviewing her resume and getting those final touches in it, we just had this moment where we both kind of kind of paused and we're just thinking how incredible she is. This is going to sound so nerdy. I get such a rush when I revamp resumes with my clients because it it helps them to see themselves. When you have a resume that isn't just like this document of your past and your accomplishments, but that is like this living, breathing document of who you are, what you're after, the unique value that you offer. 
it creates a sense of feeling alive. It creates this opportunity for you to see yourself in a whole new way. And then I like to then read the resume aloud with them, one, to to catch any like little errors, you know, that could be in it. But two, because when you hear about yourself in that way, and you can almost like separate yourself from it and hear the accomplishments, you realize, oh my gosh, look at what I've done. Look who I am. Look at what I bring to companies. That is the the long-winded way to say congratulations to this client for getting in touch with who they are, for connecting to it, for bringing it into their resume, and for showing up in a way to where now they're getting sought out for incredible roles. I cannot wait to continue working with you and to see where this keeps evolving to. Okay, so that is our win for today. Now, on to the subject at hand, people-pleasing. And today's episode is all about what to do when we're in toxic people-pleasing. People-pleasing on its own is simply an action. It's simply you maybe see something and you respond in a certain way, or you anticipate a need that somebody might have and you proactively do something to fulfill it. It's actions that you're taking and we label it as people-pleasing. So then healthy people-pleasing is different than toxic people-pleasing. And to be really obvious, healthy people-pleasing is good in a way because it's genuine. And toxic people-pleasing is bad because it's disingenuous if we were going to get really simplistic about it. But that really isn't enough detail for you to understand which is which. And so I want to go even further into this. So healthy people-pleasing is when you have a people-centric mentality, meaning you're focused on people. And it comes from this place of you liking to help and it feels good. You feel good. They feel good. It's genuine. You hear somebody say, man, I could really use some help with this. You say, hey, I'd love to help. And you truly would. You go and you help. Or you find out something about some future project. You have an idea of what could make it better. You go and you do that and you feel good for it. Your boss feels good for it. The client feels good for it. It's genuine. There's no misalignment here. There's no you lying to yourself or others here. It's truly genuine, authentic, real. That is people-pleasing. That is healthy. It's also a win-win. It's positive people-pleasing. So what is toxic people-pleasing then? Well, toxic people-pleasing is not a people-centric mentality. It's a perception-centric mentality. What that means is you're focused on how you're being perceived. You're not necessarily focused on helping people for the sake of it feels good. No, you're focused on being perceived as helping people because of what it'll make them think about you. So it comes from a perception place, not a truly people-centric place. And it also often means you're trying to prove something. You're trying to prove your worth, your value. You're trying to get somewhere. You're trying to seem a certain way. It could be about self-preservation in order to be liked or valued or understood or get that promotion or whatever it might be. 
it's self-sabotaging because it's not something you really maybe even want to do. You're doing it from this place of of pure manipulation, of wanting to come across a certain way. And you never maybe even check in with yourself to decide if it's something you really want. You just know others want it, and so you respond in that way. It's, it's almost like you're putting on a performance. And even if it's successful in the sense of even if people enjoy the results of it and thank you for whatever you've people-pleased about, it's not that they're really like you. They like to pretend you. They, they like to performer you. They like the perception that they have of you based on your toxic people-pleasing actions. When that's how we're approaching our work, we don't really ever get to show up then in our work. And so the key difference between the healthy versus the toxic people-pleasing is really about alignment. As in, are you lying to yourself or to others about what you're after as a means to come across a certain way? Are you being perception-focused, aka toxic, versus truly people-focused, aka healthy? Because with toxic people-pleasing, you aren't doing it to serve because it feels good. You're doing it to be perceived as serving. It's a performance. It is not you. This might sound complicated or confusing, but please know you probably already know the difference and how it feels between toxic and healthy people-pleasing. And I'm going to give you an example that'll help you. We've all been to a restaurant before where we've been waited on and the server, the server is plastering on a smile, but the smile like doesn't even reach their eyes. They're almost robotic. They're, they're calculating or it's, it's like their phone voice, their, their customer service voice. It's them saying, I'm waiting on you because it's my job voice. They don't maybe, they obviously don't say that out loud, but you know the voice. It sounds like, hello, thank you for coming to our restaurant. How can I help you today? As opposed to really caring. It's very different than when you have waiter or server who says something like, hey, it's great to have you here. How are you doing? And you can feel the difference. You can feel the difference. There's a genuineness to it. Their eyes are lit in a different way. Their their presence vibrates differently. You might not notice, oh, wow, your energy and presence feels so different, but you notice that it feels real. You just kind of like them because they're in alignment. They're speaking truth. They're not lying to themselves or trying to get you to see them in a certain way. They're genuinely there saying the things and you're enjoying it. Another example, you know how if you like look at a picture of yourself, you can tell if it's a real smile or you're, I'm taking a picture so I'm gonna smile pose. And you know how whenever you, maybe if you have have done like family photos, you get a photographer and they'll try to get you to, to laugh or think of something funny or something silly so that you have a real smile, not just the pretend I'm smiling smile. That's also the difference. Toxic people-pleasing is like the pretend smile you plaster on because you know you're supposed to, but you don't really feel it. Healthy people-pleasing is when you genuinely find a way to feel the way you're wanting to feel that would get you to smile for real. And so those are the differences. Okay, so then what often happens here is people will ask me, what do I do if I have a job where I am serving clients, whether it's 
a restaurant or your internal clients, if you're in HR or in some type of training profession or customer service where you have external clients, whatever it might be, what do you do when you have a customer facing job and you just don't feel it? You, you just don't want to do it. You, you aren't feeling happy. What do you do then? How do you stay authentic and not lose your job? Because authentic would mean you just say, I really don't want to serve you right now. <laughs> what do you do? Well, here's what I want to offer you. Don't lie to yourself. Don't pretend you're someone you're not. Instead, maybe you use the extrinsic motivation of your paycheck or the tip in order to guide you. You might not enjoy serving food, but you might enjoy the money you make from it. And maybe you think about what you can get from that. And maybe knowing that puts you in a good spirit to allow you to be the supportive customer service oriented individual that you know gets you good tips. Now that's not toxic people pleasing because you're in alignment with you. You know the value of what you're doing and that you are doing it from a place of knowing, hey, this fits what I want because it gets me to what I want. It's not you playing the game. It's you truly being tapped into what you're after. You don't have to pretend to be into the specifics. Instead, don't instead of forcing yourself to enjoy serving food, for instance, if that doesn't seem enjoyable to you, show yourself what you do enjoy about it. A personal example here, when I was in high school, I worked as a food runner, which basically meant I was the one who grabbed the food from the kitchen, brought it to the table, bust a lot of the tables, uh, did a lot of the, the running back and forth, basically. Literally, that's why it's called the food runner. Now, to be honest with you, I am highly introverted. So when I'm in this food runner role when I was in high school, I didn't love the interaction piece, the like having to talk to people piece. I actually didn't didn't love that piece that much. But you know what I did enjoy? The hustle and bustle of it. I actually loved the exercise that the food runner job gave me. I think this was before the time when everyone was wearing Fitbits and step counters and things like that. If I had one though, I'm sure I would have gotten my 10,000 steps every day I had a shift. I loved that aspect of it. I loved the movement. I loved the feeling like I was getting things done, checking things off. It was obvious to see when I'd done a good job. I literally could see myself take the food, set it on the table, take the food off the table, bring it back. Like boom, simple. I delighted in those aspects of it. And so I would use that to fuel my actions. I would use that to fuel my demeanor. Instead of trying to pretend to enjoy talking to customers, I truly enjoyed bringing the food out and allowing myself to enjoy that. It was, it was allowing me to be in a good spirit. So then when I did talk with customers, I was naturally in a good spirit because I was tapped into the parts that I loved. I didn't try to force loving the things that I didn't. I just focused on what I already knew I did. And the thing that was super cool about it was it was like I was getting paid to work out a win. I was, I felt like I was getting away with something. Somebody's giving me money for me to walk back and forth and get my exercise in every day. And it gave me something to do. So I, <laughs> I actually started working there after a breakup when I was really feeling quite down and I didn't want to just be home after school by myself, 
missing my significant other. And so I got a job. And so in that aspect, it gave me something to do. It gave me a distraction from what I didn't want to focus on. It gave me a purpose. And so healthy people pleasing. Yes, I'm showing up. Yes, I'm serving people. Yes, I'm serving myself. I'm finding a way for me to get to do what I want and have fun as I do it. This got me in alignment. And so what might look like simple people-pleasing on the outside was aligned people-pleasing, healthy people-pleasing on the inside because the intention was in alignment with what I wanted. And so if you're in a customer-facing position or even not, really just any job that you're in, I'd ask you to answer the question, how can you please you in your role? How can you make it a win, an in-alignment move for you? Alignment means authenticity. And having what you say match what you do means your actions are in alignment with your desires. That's what we're after. That's healthy people-pleasing. And really, that's just healthy action-taking in general. It's genuine action-taking from a place that's connected to you. But sometimes we're in a bad mood. We feel foul. So then what do you do? Do you pretend to be well? Or do you let them know you don't want to talk? Like, what do you do? The reason this is an important question to ask is because sometimes when I tell people not to be engaged in toxic people-pleasing, they assume that means that They should just speak their truth in every moment. And so if somebody says, hey, and you don't want to talk to them, they would just say, hey, you know what? I don't want to talk to you right now. I'm tired. Can you leave me the heck alone? And they get all emotional about it and reactive. And then they tell the other person, don't get mad at me. I'm just speaking my truth. And that's not the solution here. The goal of today's episode is not for you to come from a place of authenticity in which you are letting your emotions run the show. Because guess what? Emotional responding that's reactive and not tapped into your true desires and intention is also not authentic. Alignment is not about your emotional state. It's deeper than that. It's connected to your core, your truth. So it's not about reactively responding based on your momentary mood. It's about you getting even beyond your emotions and tapping and connecting into your truth of what you're after. And so when you're feeling more neutral, it's often easier for you to be authentic, to be in alignment because you don't have to muck through all your emotions to figure out what you're after. But when you're in a super high mood or a super low mood, it can be really, it can be harder to be authentic. For instance, have you ever just said yes to something because you're in a great mood and then you realize you kind of regret it because you don't actually want to do that thing that you said yes to? That's That's toxic people-pleasing because it's out of alignment. It's saying yes to something we don't actually want to do. And in that case, it might be about managing someone's perception of us, or it might just be about us not being connected to our truth. And so I know earlier we talked about 
toxic people pleasing is all about that perception centric mentality. And that's true. But, but sometimes it's also about being a little bit unconscious, a little bit on autopilot to the point where your emotions drive your responses as opposed to your intentions doing so. And your values from a fear-based place driving your responses as opposed to your desires about what you're after driving those responses. And so what this means is we need to help ourselves get dropped below our emotional reactivity to connect to the truth of what we are after. Now, you can drop below those emotions. How do we do this? One of my favorite things is to take some breaths. People pleasing in itself, it can become habitual. And so what that means is if we're asked something by our boss and we tend to always agree or we tend to always do without questioning, that might mean that the next time our boss comes into the room and asks something without even thinking truly deeply about what they said, we might automatically just agree and say yes, because it's what we tend to do. We create habits. And what those habits do is they bypass our conscious mind and our intention for what we're actually after. And so we automatically respond, yes, I can do that. Because we haven't given ourselves the opportunity to check in with who we are. And so we need to stop making people pleasing a habit. And we need to give ourselves that pause point so we can drop below our emotional response and our typical reactions in order to connect to what we really want. And the good news is we really can break any habit that we create. The first step to it is always about building awareness of your clues. And the clues are are like your cues to know when you're about to people please or when you've just started people pleasing. So it could be certain phrases that you tend to hear someone say that usually leads you to do something without checking in with yourself first. Or maybe it's an environment when you're with a certain person, you tend to just kind of lose sight of yourself and do whatever they're looking for. Or maybe it's a specific environment, a place that you go, whatever it might be, you have specific triggers that are places that you've created some habits. You automatically tend to respond without thinking because you're in with that place or that person, or you hear that phrase that tends to create that reaction in you. So you got to get clear on what your cues are. And then what you'll want to do is you'll want to find ways to build in a pause point. Like I mentioned earlier, breathing is a great way to do this. Another way to build in a pause point is to go to the bathroom. I often think about that old commercial that Twix used to do where they would say, need a moment, grab a Twix. And it was this, this joke where if somebody asks you something and you know how you're supposed to respond, but you also know what you really think, you need a moment to decide what to say. And so you grab a Twix. So maybe you have a sip of water. Maybe you go to the bathroom. Maybe you take a breath. Maybe you say, you know, that's a great idea. Let me think about it and get back to you. You find options that you can use to pause before you immediately respond. This is one of the best ways to break a habit because a habit is this idea of you have a stimulus, 
that person, that place, that phrase, that typical setting that tends to lead to a specific response, toxic people pleasing. So if we can build a stronger gap or a larger pause between the stimulus and the response, it gives you more opportunity to check in with you to find alignment and respond from that place. And that's what we're after. Because healthy people-pleasing might still mean that other people like your response, that you do something that you know somebody else will be grateful for. But you've done it from a place of it aligning with you, of it genuinely being what you want to do. And like my example earlier, uh, being a food runner, maybe I didn't love the actual interacting with the customers, but I did love getting a workout that I was getting paid for. And so that's my alignment. That's me getting to genuinely show up from that place. And so find ways to build on a pause so you can check in with yourself and decide how you want to respond. And if you want more help with this, The people-pleasing course is going to be your guide. It walks you through a five-step process for breaking the habit of people-pleasing and then goes into ways in which to shift your identity and ends by debunking some of the common myths that often are the reasons we keep people-pleasing even when we don't want to. So if you're hearing this episode resonating with the idea that you might be people-pleasing and doing so in a way that's toxic to you, that isn't helpful for you, and you're wanting to stop, the course will help, especially for those of us who identify as nice people. Sometimes people think you can't be nice without people-pleasing, or that to not people-please means to not be nice. But there are ways to be both a self-supporter and nice, to both stop toxic people-pleasing and be genuine, kind as a person. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. And that's one of the the things that gets debunked in the people-pleasing course. So for those of you out there who identify as nice, don't feel like you have to drop that identity in order to get beyond toxic people-pleasing. Because you can still be nice, you can still be kind, but you can do so from a place of alignment, of not lying to yourself about what you're after, of not lying to others about what you're thinking because you're trying to impress them, and of not autopilot reacting in a way in which you're people-pleasing by default as opposed to checking in with yourself about what you're really after. And so I hope this episode helps give you some clarity that people-pleasing in itself is not bad. It's only when it's toxic that it isn't helpful. And you'll know it's toxic because it'll either be perception-centric instead of people-centric, or it'll feel out of whack with what you want, or it'll feel like you've basically numbed out because you've just responded from reactivity as opposed to checking into your truth. Today's episode will give you some tactics to help you to identify when you're in people-pleasing mode from a toxic place, how to shift out of it by creating that pause point, and dive deeper by enjoying the people-pleasing course that is linked in today's show notes. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you loved what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. 
I help my clients to show up and do their work their way with soul. Whether it's so you can excel in your current role or so you can figure out what you want for your next role and get that role, coaching can help you get there. It begins with a consult. Sign up for yours by going to believeseed.com slash schedule. This is your free call and it is that first step towards that new life, that transformation into you doing your work in your way with soul.